When, back when I was, uh, was pastoring, I used to try to start my messages each Sunday morning with, with a funny story. And I guess I probably did that just in case there wasn't anything else funny uh, during the message. So uh, I, I've, got, I've got a good one this morning. There are these two guys that were out on the, on the golf course. And uh, they are playing golf. Obviously, that's what you do on the golf course. So they're out there, they're playing golf. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're playing through 18 and uh, all of a sudden, a, uh, a funeral procession comes by. And uh, the one guy, I mean, just all of a sudden, just went over and took his, his, his cap off and put it over his heart. And he stood there, stood there the whole time while the procession went by. And the other guy that he was playing with was, was watching this, and he, he was impressed. He thought, this is, a, this, is a, this is amazing. What a guy, what a guy. And after the procession went by, the other guy went over and put his cap back on and picked his, his club back up. And, and, and the man said, hold it just a second. He said, I just, I have to comment on what I just saw. He said, I am so impressed that you would take time out of our game to, to show your respect to, uh, to, the, to, the, to the deceased. The guy said, yeah. He said, I felt like it was the least I could do. I've been married to her for 42 years. So there, there you have it. <laughs> oh, it is good to be here. Um, you've got a great thing going here, my friends. You really do. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're making an impact on this community. And we truly appreciate that. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, it says, To give and you will receive. You will be given much. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will spill into your lap. The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. Can, can you just repeat that last line with me if you remember it? The way you give to others is the way God will give to you. When I was growing up, I heard a lot about the golden rule. And uh, perhaps not, it's, it's not what it used to be. For instance, if you drive down the street, you might possibly see a bumper sticker that reads, do unto others before they do unto you. Or you might see one that says, do to others and then get out of Dodge. I mean, maybe it's not what it used to be. And all around our world, motivational speakers talk about winning through intimidation and business leaders and professional sports coaches talk about reading books like The Art of War for inspiration and for guidance. So I would imagine that to some people or actually to many people, the golden rule has outlived its usefulness in our world today. Or perhaps it seems to them that it only applies to being kind and loving and compassionate towards the people who show those same characteristics to you, who show those in return, who do the same thing to you that you're doing to them, or to those who can help you achieve your personal or your professional goals. So in other words, I'll be nice to those who are nice to me. I'll, I'll help those who help me. I'll give to others if somebody gives something to me first. How many of you would agree that that is the world that we live in today to a great extent? It just is. See, my friends, the world that exists in 2014 can be a, a very selfish and self-centered world. 
And so many people I've met through the years are only interested in what's happening in their own lives or in their own job or in their own family. And this morning, I, I just want us to remember that the Bible urges us, it compels us to treat everyone the way that we wish to be treated ourselves, the way that we want others to, to treat us. Now, besides the, the verse that we read earlier, Oh, there's, there's lots more. The Bible is filled with passages that deal with this topic. For instance, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12 says this, do to others, and in fact, this is where the golden rule comes from, do to others what you want them to do to you. This is the meaning of the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophets. My friends, this morning, I, I want you to know that the, the Bible encourages pure compassion, and I encourage you to think about that the next time you encounter the, the fundraising group in front of Walmart or the needy person on the street or, or even someone you work with who asks you for your advice, who asks you for your assistance. And, and I know it, it gets frustrating sometimes. But think about that. Think about this. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says this. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord. Uh, let's just read that out loud together. Let's start at the beginning. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. That's talking about the Lord. He will pay back what has been given. A guy named Thomas Merton once said this. He said, there is no wilderness so terrible, so beautiful, so arid, and so fruitful as the wilderness of compassion. It is the only desert that shall truly flourish like a lily. And really this morning, my friends, the question that I have for all of us today is this. What if you were to begin viewing situations as opportunities? Opportunities to show the, the, the same kindness. Opportunities to show the same generosity. Opportunities to show the same compassion that you would like to receive yourself in your own life. If you were confronted with a situation similar to the one that you're being confronted with, what if you were to begin viewing those circumstances as opportunities? Opportunities to be Jesus in someone's life. Opportunities to take time to, to, to really invest yourself in the life of someone who needs you. Opportunities to roll your sleeves up and, and get your hands dirty with a ministry that needs to exist in our world that, that we live in. In the past few years, this very concept has been placed right in front of my face in a way that it never could have been in the 20 years that I was a, a, a local church pastor. Yes, I was a pastor for 20 years. I know that may surprise you since I look so young, but I started pastoring when I was five. <laughs> you know what, honey, that, that joke used to get a lot more laughs than it does now. <laughs> Somebody's getting older. Don't get me wrong, I love being a pastor. I did. I, I loved it, loved it, loved it, and I still miss certain aspects of it pretty much every single day of my life. I, I, I loved being a pastor. But about six years ago, I, I left my position as senior pastor at Southside Church in Muncie, Indiana, as, as Jeff said, to become president and chief executive officer of the Evansville Rescue Mission. Just out of curiosity, how many of you have ever heard of the Evansville Rescue Mission? Can you raise your hand? Well, good. That's awesome. Come by sometime and I'll show you the place. I'd love for you to see it. And believe me when I tell you that there was a huge change in my life and in the lives of my family members when, when I 
assume this new role. It, it was a change in many, many ways. For instance, <laughs> the, the very first Sunday that, that uh, we were back in town and I had taken this job, we, we, we came in and sat down in church and, and I sat down on, on, on the row with them. And, and they looked over, they weren't used to me sitting on the row with them. They looked over at me and it's, it's, it's kind of like this. Who are you and why are you sitting next to us? It was a big change. It was a change for all of us. But for the longest time, I had wanted to be involved in a ministry that was on the absolute front lines of meeting both the felt and the spiritual needs of those in our society who had been forgotten, those who had been neglected, those who had been cast aside. And and when this opportunity came along, I knew it was right. And and one of the reasons it was right for me to become involved in a a hands-on ministry like the one I lead was because I realized how... I realize so much how many people are, are hurting and lonely and, and wondering literally where their next meal is coming from. And we, and we see this every single day in, in the ministry that I'm so privileged to be a part of. We, we, literally, we, we have people who, who walk in the door of that rescue mission who they have the, the clothes that are on their back, And if it weren't for the rescue mission being there, and by the way, if it weren't for you making sure that that rescue mission is there with your support and your prayers and and the things that you do, and I appreciate that, and that's one of the reasons, Alan, why I wanted to come here today is to thank this church for the role that you play. But when they walk through that door, they they, they have what they have on their back, and, and, and if it weren't for the rescue mission being there, they would not have their next meal. And we see it every day. And, and you know what? This is, this is a thing that is amazing. It is not just guys that are 40-something years old. It's not just people that are, you know, guys that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. We, we have teenagers who walk in the doors of that mission every day by themselves to get something to eat because they wouldn't have it if they didn't. We have families every evening come into that rescue mission. Mom with kids, mom and dad with kids, little kids. They're there because they did not know where their next meal was going to come from. And I wanted to be a part of something like that. In City Church, it is my strong opinion. And it has been for a very long time that God expects his children to look out for those who have needs to look out for those who have hurts and pain and and heartaches and those who are hungry and those who are poor and those who are crying out for mercy and love and a little bit of help. In other words, I, I want you to get this, God expects his kids to look out for those in our world who need us the most. Do you agree with that today? That's what he expects his kids to do. We're his kids, that's our job. That's our responsibility. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe with all of my heart, it is our privilege as well. It is. Please understand this, my, my friends. Not everyone who asks you for help is trying to play you. Some people ask because they really do need your assistance. Keep that in your mind. But you know what? The heartbeat of the golden rule is so often misunderstood in my opinion. See, for most of my life, I kind of took it to mean that we should be nice to people because we want people to be nice to us. And guess what? That sounds nice, doesn't it? But however, I I think there's so much more to it than that. 
In the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, Jesus said this. Look at this. He said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers. There's so much even right there that that I'm not going to be able to get into. They stripped him and beat him and, and went away, leaving him half dead. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. And look at, look at what it says at the end of that. And what did he do? And took care of him. As I said, there's, there's a lot there, and I'll let Jeff teach most of that to you at another time. But the part that literally reaches out and grabs me today is the part that says that he felt compassion on him. And not only did he feel compassion on him, he did something about it. He took care of him. He saw a need. He met the need. He saw someone who needed his help. He took time out of his life and helped him. He saw someone who was laying there and and, and other people were passing him by. And he took time to, 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 to care, to invest himself into this person's life. And you know, here, here's the thing, my friends. He got involved. And, and rather than, than just saying, wow, I really feel sorry for this guy. Man, man, it, it, that stinks. It's too bad that happened to that guy. Wow, that's just a shame that, that he's laying over there on the side of the road like that. I saw uh, something on YouTube the other day that, that was uh, um, amazing. This guy, and, and he staged this to see if anybody would help him. He this was on a busy um, square in, in, in New York City. He fell down on the ground. I think he was mimicking that he had, was having a heart attack or something. And laid down on the ground. And, and I was astounded and, 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 and somewhat sickened by the fact that so many people just walked by and looked at the guy like, dude, this sucks for you. He just lay in there. And they walked by. And then nobody... Not one person stopped to help him. Then he did it again a little later on, and, and, and someone actually did stop. And then when, some, when one person stopped, other people came over there. It's, it's, it's amazing. He, he saw this guy, and rather than saying, man, I feel sorry for you, he got his hands dirty. He got on the front lines of ministry for this fellow, and he invested himself into this guy's life. He took time out of his schedule to help a fellow man. And friends, this is more than just a cute story. It's the way I believe with all of my heart as I stand here in front of you this morning. It's the way that that I believe God wants us to really live our lives as Christ followers. He wants us to roll up our sleeves and find people and find groups and find organizations and food pantries and homeless shelters and widows and the lonely. He wants us to roll up our sleeves and go to work in their lives. He wants us to help make a difference for those who truly need us the most. If you're, if you're, if you're a Christ follower, let me tell you something this morning. Jesus didn't come, just come into your life just so you can go around and say, I, I, I'm a Christian. I believe with all of my heart, with that comes some responsibility. Do you agree with that today? There comes some responsibility. And it's not just a responsibility to show up up at church on Sunday morning and say, hey, you know what, I I did my duty and off I go and and then I'll, I'll, I'll catch up with you next week, God. I believe it's so much more than that. 
I believe God's calling us to a higher level of living than that. And you know, City Church, if it weren't for the grace of God, and, and, and I remember hearing my mom say this kind of thing when I was growing up, and I didn't really understand what it meant until much later. But if it weren't for the grace of God, each one of us could be in a, in, in a, in a situation similar to or worse than any that we might encounter in other people's lives. It could be us, right? It could be us. See, while, while some people may think that the golden rule is out of date, I, I happen to believe that it's still golden. It's still relevant. It's still important. Ladies and gentlemen, God is still calling us today to find ways to invest ourselves into the lives of others the same way that we would surely hope that someone would invest themselves into us if it were we that were in that same circumstance or situation. He's still calling us today. You know, if I've learned anything in my job, and, and, and I, I like to think that I've grown over these past six years, but if I've learned anything, I've learned that God is not looking for the most educated. Because if that were the case, I'd be out the door. Or the most beautiful. That's iffy. No, and I guarantee you, I'd be out the door. I promise. <laughs> or the most wealthy. Or, or, or the most experienced person to invest their life into the life of someone else. Here's what he's looking for. He's looking for the most willing. He's looking for the, the one who will raise their hand and say, that's me. I want to be involved. I, 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 want, I want to invest myself in other people. I really do care about what they're experiencing. He's looking for the most willing. Now, if that person happens to be smart or beautiful or rich or experienced, then that's just awesome. We're, we're all happy. It's all good. But more than anything, he just wants people who will step outside their comfort zone and look for ways to make a difference in the lives of other people. He, he's looking for people who will serve soup at the shelter, or, or bring a bag of groceries to the mission, or sit and talk with the lonely widow lady, or, or lead the Bible study, or volunteer at the hospital, or, or whatever it is, fill in your own blank. He's just looking for people who want to be a part of the action and not stand on the, uh, along on the curbside and watch the band march by and in the process miss out on the incredible blessings that come from involvement. So many people in our world today, I'm telling you, they, they're, they're standing there, on the side of the road, and they're just watching life happen, they're watching the band march by, they're watching people that need help and assistance, and they're standing there watching it all unfold in front of their eyes. And God's looking for some of us who will step down off of that curbside and get involved in people's lives the way that we would want people to be involved in our life if it were us. Albert Schweitzer once said this, he said, until he extends his circle of compassion to include all living things Man will not himself find peace. That's amazing. And my prayer for you, my dear friends, really is that as an individual, you will just find ways to pour yourself in the lives of others who so desperately need you. And you may be sitting here today thinking, I don't have, I don't have anything that anybody else needs. Sorry, you're wrong about that. You do. We all have time. If you don't have money to invest, you have time. You have the ability to, to put your arm around someone that you see is going through difficulty and say, you know what, I care about what you're going through. I'm, I'm here with you. You have, you have the ability 
And I said that you have time, and I realize that we're all busy. I understand that. We're all busy. Busy, 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 here, there, everywhere, all the time. I understand that. But find five minutes. Find ten minutes. Find an hour. I can speak for the rescue mission. We serve 365 days a year, three meals a day. Find time one time a year to come down and serve, serve a meal. If, if the rescue mission's not, not your gig, go to the United Caring Shelter. Go, go to another one of the shelters in town that, 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 that serve. There's lots of ways. I had people in the hallway who were asking me the question, how can I be involved? Are there volunteer opportunities? Sure there are. At, at our place and at places all over town just like us. Find a place to get involved. Find a way to pour yourself into the lives of others, as I said, who so desperately need you. And then that is the church, the, the, the we part of it, that you will saturate the surrounding area with your love, with your compassion and with your resources as you help meet not only the overwhelming spiritual needs, and oh, don't you agree with me today that Evansville has a lot of spiritual needs for us to meet? We have a lot of needs in this community. And, and I pray for all of our churches in our town. I pray for pastors like Jeff. I pray for pastors and, and staff members who are investing themselves. I pray for you as we try to meet those spiritual needs. But also with your, with, with your resources, with your compassion, as you help not only meet those spiritual needs, but also the felt needs that they have. Providing the food, providing the love, sitting there with that lady who has no one else to talk to. She's a widow. She's in her, in her house by herself all day long. Nobody else is going to come by. Take time to go by for five minutes, ten minutes. Call her on the phone. Find that neighbor who's going through a difficult time and walk up to them and, and, and just shoot the breeze for a few minutes and, and let them know that you're there and that you care what's happening in their life. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you for this opportunity. What a privilege it is to come and share with this wonderful church. And, and, and Lord, today I thank you for what they're doing. I thank you for who they are. I thank you for their pastor. He's my friend and I, I, I'm so thankful that he's a part of my life. And I pray for them, Lord, as they make some determinations about ways they are gonna be involved in, in the community, ways they're gonna be involved in people's lives. But Lord, really, the, the church can't do much until we as individuals, because we're the ones who comprise the church, the church can't do much until we decide that we're going to be involved, that we're going to roll up our sleeves, that we're going to get our hands dirty, that we're going to hang out with people who they, they may not smell the best or look the best or be the most educated or, or they may not have a lot going for them, but we know this, we know that Jesus loves them, we know that Jesus died for them, we know that in his eyes they're every bit as important as anybody else in this world is. So, Lord, I pray for every person in this room today as they're sitting here contemplating maybe some ways that they can be involved and invest themselves. Oh, God, today I pray that they would just make a determination that life's too short 
And they're not going to stand along the, the side of the road and watch everything unfold and, and, and say, you know, I did that one time and, and, and now it's my turn to be retired and let somebody else do it. Or, or I used to be involved and, and that didn't work out, so I'm not going to get involved anymore. Oh, I don't, I don't find, A, I don't find any retirement plans in, in the Bible from being involved in people's lives. And I don't, I don't find any place that we can opt out. I'm doing the roles that God called us to do as Christ followers. So today, Lord, help us to make a determination that we are going in the name of Jesus and through your power. We're going to do unto others as we believe that we would want them to do to us. And we're going to do this for the glory of the Lord. In your name we pray. 